Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. We're, we're still talking about winning in warfare. Uh, we've been looking at this ever-present battle that we have in the Holy Spirit, uh, through the Holy Spirit, I should say, but it's in life. We have a battle going on in life, and though we see natural things, um, there are spiritual things that are behind so much of what happens naturally. And that's what we need to learn and understand. And the Bible teaches us these things. It teaches us spiritual truths that if you're just walking to your own understanding, and even in many churches, um, you know, we're not taught about the spiritual things. And so we don't even believe those spiritual things. Oh, that's just, but it's all over the word of God. Uh, the spiritual dynamic of, of what's in the earth. It's all, you can find it all in the Word of God. And God's called us to understand these things and to not be ignorant about them. And not only that, but we're supposed to be prepared spiritually, not just naturally. Now, we know how to prepare naturally in the earth. So if you're going to go do something, you recognize there might be some natural preparation that I need to have to, to be successful in that. If you're going to class, Taking a class, you need to study. If, if you're um, in sales, you need to make yourself get up and go to work. You, you know, particularly if it's one of those where, you, you know, you have to um, be in charge of yourself. Uh, some people, it's really hard to do that. But anyway, my, my point is, uh, there's a part of, of our lives that's spiritual, and it should be actually the major part. And God says we need to be prepared there because... So much of what happens naturally is influenced by something that's happening spiritually, whether that's in our home, whether that's in the nation that we live in, the city that we live in, our workplace. Things are happening naturally, but so much of what's behind that is spiritual. So the spiritual world impacts the natural world. And God says, I want you to learn and understand how the spiritual world works. I want you to learn how to be strong in the spiritual things of God. And through God, I want to give you victory over whatever negative things the enemy would bring your way to bring you down or to hinder you or, or keep you from fulfilling God's purpose on your life. And beyond this, you see, which is, this is so exciting to me, is God doesn't just want us to have our little personal victories. The exciting thing is, once we take the focus off of ourselves, it's so exciting to think we're going to be used of God to help bring freedom and light to others. Once we understand the principles of spiritual empowering, of, of God empowering us and, and giving us insight, then what do we do? We bring that everywhere we go and we begin to recognize what's the darkness working in that person? Maybe they don't know Christ yet and we are to be empowered to bring Christ to them. The Bible says Satan blinds the minds of the unbelievers. So even that is a spiritual battle. We need to recognize we're not just dealing with someone's mind. We're dealing with spiritual forces that have influenced them. Anyway, my point being, in every dimension, we are always not only supposed to get the darkness out of our lives and resist the demonic things in our lives and in our world, we're supposed to bring light wherever we go. Light into other people, not just in the world, but even in the church. The devil's always trying to discourage, bring lies, He'll stick darkness wherever he can. And as long if we just imagine if we were all, um, you know, in the army, engaged in battle, bringing light wherever we go, bringing truth wherever we go. We understand how to flow in the power of God and we bring breakthrough to everybody everywhere we go. Imagine what we impact we would have. We were reading this in our discipleship group a few weeks ago. This story about the salt. And the Bible says, if salt loses its saltiness, what good is it anymore except to be thrown out? And you see, uh, and then he talks about the light and he says, you're the light of the world. You're the salt of the world. But you see, if we don't have salt in ourselves, if we don't have light in us, how are we going to bring the light to others? And what is that light? Is it simply 
this little light of mine, I have a relationship with the Lord. That's the beginning of it, but it's more than that. It's through the knowledge of Christ, and I mean the expansive knowledge, not just, oh, I got saved. No, it's that growing knowledge of Him, of who He is, of His power, of His glory, of, of, of what He wants to demonstrate in the earth that comes out of us and is the answer to the problems that are in this world. It's amazing to me that Jesus, He's referred to as the light, right? But then He goes, you are the light. Wow, that's so powerful to me. What is that saying? He wants the power that worked in him, the light, the salt in him to be working in you. And now you are his representatives in the earth. And just like he brought freedom, just like everywhere Jesus went, demons got out of his way. They came out of people. He brought light. The same thing is supposed to be happening with us. Amen. So that's an exciting thing. And I tell you, I want everybody, particularly in this church, you know, I want your vision to be, we are called to love everybody, to help everybody get their breakthrough. And if some reject us, if some get upset, I'm not going to let that bother me. I'm just going to keep helping anybody else who's willing to be helped. Amen. So anyway, we were, um, we were looking at, at uh, some things pertaining to Paul's life. Last week, we just got started with this. And the reason why we're sharing this, this a story in Paul's life is because he represents something there that I feel like is a little illustrative of where we are. You see, he's been in a place in life where he's, he's been not very fruitful. That doesn't mean he was doing anything wrong. And he was seeking God's direction. And so you, you've got Paul. He's going in one place and nothing's happening. He's going somewhere else. Nothing's happening. And then um, he's seeking God's direction. And as he's doing that, God does finally speak to him. He speaks to him. He gives him direction. And he leads him into where he wants him to be. You see, and this is, this is just so powerful. Um, because I believe that's exactly what God wants to do for us. Anyway, um, Paul's getting this direction from the Lord. God begins to show him what he wants him to do. And he begins to go in, in the direction that God has for him. And I just, again, I just feel this is so amazing, so powerful, you know, because this is like us. What are we doing? We're walking through life and we, we sometimes are not fruitful Looks like we don't know where we're going, what we're doing. It doesn't mean we're away from the Lord, but what God wants us to do is seek Him for direction that we need right now. God, what are you saying right now? What are you doing right now, right? And so as we do that, what happens? We're pulling on God. God begins to speak to us. Amen? So we hear God. We hear God. God communicates with us, and that's exactly what happened to Paul. You can see that. He's there, and he gets a dream. God speaks to him in a dream, and God directs him in a dream about what he's supposed to be doing in life. And again, I just love this because that shows the faithfulness of God to speak to every single one of us when we need direction. So then you go from getting the dream to what happens. Um, he's having to pray, God, what do I do? What do I do? You see? And I like this because what God is showing here is, you know, first of all, we should always be seeking God for direction. Always be seeking God. What am I supposed to be doing now, God? And then when God speaks to us, we have to maul on that. He, God spoke to him in a, he says a night vision. And there's an expression in Job that makes us feel like a night vision is probably a vision in a dream or even just a dream. But he had this dream. Let's just say it was a dream. And this man's going, come over here. You know, uh, he, he said, so he's like telling his companion, hey, I had this dream last night. And this guy from Macedonia was going like this. Come over here. What do you think? You know, I think, hey, I believe God's talking to us. That was God. You see? He had to think through his life. And I want to encourage you to begin to seek God, ask him to speak to you, whether it's through a dream 
whether it's through someone else, and definitely as you're in the Word of God, and ask God, what are you trying to tell me? I believe every single one of us need to ask God, what are you trying to tell me? Amen. Yesterday morning, I don't remember if I had the dream yesterday morning or last night, or not last night, the night before last, but it was either Friday night or Saturday morning. I had this dream, and um, I woke up in the morning, and uh, I, I, that was, I'm going, wow, what a crazy dream. And it was about someone that I know that's in ministry. And, um, man, I, I, I kept thinking about it and was thinking, God, what are you trying to say in that dream? And, uh, and I didn't want to share this dream with that person. You know, I'm like, I don't want to share this. I don't want to do that. I mean, uh, so it was sort of crazy. And I was mulling over it the whole day. You see, it's not just, God, what does the dream mean? It's also like, what am I supposed to do with this, right? So I kept thinking, um, I should share it with him. But I'm going, no, God, I don't want to share that. I don't want to tell him that dream. And so, um, so then during the day, I said, okay, God, if you want me to share that dream, have him call me, which would be like an unusual miracle, you know, for this guy to call me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, but, but after I prayed that, you'll probably go, oh, that's a good thing to pray. I knew that wasn't right to pray. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I didn't feel good about that. God's like, no, I'm not going to have him call you. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm telling you to do something with this. So I'm going, okay, I can't, you see, we can't just put it off on God and say, God, now, had I felt good about praying that? Like, I was unsure. But you see, what was happening is God was already dealing with me, wanting me to call this guy, right? And then for me to say, God, if you want me to call him, you have him call me. God's like, no. I felt God didn't answer that prayer, okay? Are y'all with me? So I was like, okay, I'm not going to answer that prayer. So I went back to the drawing board. Okay, God. So well, to make a long story short, later in the afternoon, here, here it comes in my mind again. I'm thinking about it, and I go, I just got to call him. So... I called, I'm not going to tell you the, well, mate, well, no, I don't think I'll tell you the dream. But um, I called him, I told him this dream, and he ends up going, thank you so much. That's a warning for me. I needed to hear that today, and I, I'm so thankful that you called and you told me that. And, you know, he, he went on for a lot. He said that, though, I think about four times, you know, thank you so much. And I'm like, wow, that's, that just, you know, that just seems so crazy. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm, what I'm just sharing with isn't necessarily to believe God for dreams, but see what God really put in my heart was I had to share that dream with him. Y'all, are y'all with me? What he ended up communicating with me wasn't the interpretation of the dream, even though now I understand what was going on. What he was just telling me is you've got to go tell that person the dream. Why did God give me the dream and not the person? I don't know, but I think it just brought things up, you know, and I'm talking with him about what's going on. You know what I'm saying? So God did it the way God wanted to do it for whatever reason. But you see what I'm, I'm just saying is God likes to communicate with us and we have to press through and figure out what God is saying. We have to start asking that question. God, what are you saying to me? And I want to encourage all of you guys, start asking God, Lord, what are you saying to me? Because God's always trying to communicate with us. Now, for me, to learn how to hear from God, one of the things you can start doing is journaling, right? Um, I've, some people, they actually, they, they'll get time in the Word. Well, first of all, you can journal in the Word. I get more insights when I write. That's why I like that iPad thing. But when I'm writing, more starts to come often. And I'll go on and on and on sometimes, right? But I'll get a little insight. And as I start to write it down, another one comes and another. And by the time I finish, sometimes, sometimes insights will be so heavy, I'll have to go lay down. That sounds funny. I just feel so full of life and 
God energy. I don't know how to explain it. Sometimes I just have to go lay down. I got, it's just like, you know, uh, I know that sounds crazy, but this happened. Um, but anyway, I'd encourage you to journal. When you, when you write, one way to start, you get a verse. When you read through your passage that morning, get one verse that stuck out to you and write down your insights about that verse and watch how it'll just flow. And then write down your application at the end. Some people, they'll just, after they have their word time, they'll pray and they'll just think, now what's God saying to me lately? What, what, what's God asking me to do? Okay. I'll get into that in just a minute again, but <clears throat> look what happened here with Paul. If you remember the story, Paul's in Acts there. And <clears throat> what happens here is Paul is, Again, he's heard from the Lord. God says, God gives him this dream where the guy's going, come over here, right? Meaning come over, and the guy's from Macedonia. And then, let me see if I can find this here. Acts 16, in verse 10, it says this. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately... We sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. I just love that. You see, concluding, that goes back to what we were saying. You know, God speaks to you, and sometimes you have to think through it and go, I believe God must be saying this. He's concluding. He's coming to, he's figuring out with the Lord what God was trying to speak to him. And then what does he do? It says he goes immediately to Macedonia. Now, there are some things that God speaks to us that are not immediately. And uh, that's like things about vision. Sometimes God's given me something that's vision, and I think I have to do it right then. And sometimes that can get me in trouble, right? But when I first got saved, I remember, I mean, the weekend I got saved, this guy's coming to church, sees me in the back, starts giving me this word, and he goes, God's called you to preach the gospel. And I'm going, oh no, that's the last thing I'd ever want to do because my I can't stand to speak in front of people. I, it's just terrible. That was my greatest fear, like in college. And like, I was a business major, and I'm like, Man, before I graduate, I have to have a, take a speech class and give a speech in front of people to graduate. Like, oh, I can't believe that. So he said this, and then, he, and then I'm going, oh, no. And then he says, and you've said, oh, no, I've never. And he'd said exactly the kind of things I've said before. But that gave me vision, right? It began to put something in front of me. God spoke into this church about the vision of things to come, of what God wants to do. That gives us a heart and gives us a mind to go in that kind of direction, right? But God has a timing to that. So there are certain things God's always communicating to us that are to come. There are things about vision for your life. Think about Joseph. God gave him vision for his life, something way down the road, but it sort of helped navigate him all the way through. He's got that in his mind. It's bringing him toward that direction. But there are other things that God communicates to us that are do it now. And God is continually telling us do it now kinds of things. Continually. It's not like he just gives us a do it now word in church every once in a while. No, the whole foundation of our Christian walk is us hearing and doing, hearing and doing, hearing and doing. It is not a every once in a while this kind of thing ought to happen. No, this is the Christian life. It's exactly the way it needs to happen. There's a verse in Luke chapter 6 where Jesus says this, He who comes to me hears my words, and does what I say is going to be someone who has their house built on the rock, right? 
This is the way our Christian life works. Don't just think, oh, I just go get some principles and then no, God says, you're supposed to, first of all, come to me, all right? So I guess you should be asking yourself, am I coming to God? Am I doing what God wants me to do is the second thing, meaning I have to come to the Lord who, who comes to me and hears my word. Didn't God say my sheep know my voice? Do you know you've got to go come to him, so to speak, before you'll hear? You know, many Christians don't hear because they don't go listen. It's not because God won't speak to them. But if you go, you'll hear his voice and you'll begin to learn his voice. God says, first of all, those who come to me and hear my voice. Now, he ought to be speaking to you in this moment. And every one of us ought to ask ourselves the question, what's God been telling me? We've been looking at this point for the last couple of weeks. What's God telling you? What's God speaking to you? I'm not talking about what you're going to do through your vision that God's going to do in your lifetime. I'm talking about what has God been communicating to you recently? What's God telling you now? What's God having you do right now? Is there any idea you should have? I, I've, I'm on that course every day. God's given me something. I'm growing in the knowledge of God. I'm growing in that hearing and doing, hearing and doing. The Bible says the one that hears and does, his house will not be shaken. Amen. Let me just tell you one huge key for spiritual warfare is simply building your life on the foundation of hearing and doing, hearing and doing what God tells you, do it. It doesn't have to be big. Remember how many people I know that God tells them one little tiny something, just do this. And they will put that off forever, will not be faithful doing that. And they are building on a shaky foundation. And the devil can so easily bring a storm their way and make their house fall down. And that's exactly what Jesus said. If you will hear my words, if you'll come to me, if you'll hear my words and just put into practice, do what I'm telling you to do, watch when Satan throws whatever he throws at you, your house is still going to be standing. Amen. Through the storm, your house will not fall. But he says, watch the one that even he came, even he heard, and he didn't do what I've been telling him to do. His house will fall. The, the devil's just looking going, <laughs> look at that one there. He never does what God's told him to do. I just can't wait till the next opportune time to bring a storm into his life. It's just going to all knock down all over again. And that's what happens so many times. The Bible says, he who's faithful in little. Oh, man, you see the key? The key to everything with God is being faithful in the little. Being faithful in that little tiny thing God's nudged you to do. If you do that, God will give you more. You know what? Because God knows this. He who's faithful in little will be faithful in much. You know what God does? He gives you little. He gives you little. Are you going to be faithful with that? Are you going to be faithful with that little income? Are you going to be faithful with that little opportunity? Are you going to be faithful with doing what I've told you to do? Pretending to your devotional life, your walk with me, your obedience. You're faithful in the little things, the little whispers. God will give you more. Amen. But not only that, it's the little things. It's the little things that are so important. That's what impresses God. But anyway, God gives you those words. And I just want to say, I don't care how much teaching you'll get about how to win in warfare. If you don't have this part, hearing and obeying down, you are the enemies. You're going, you're going to be his food. He's going to eat you. The devil seeks whom he may uh, devour, right? If you're not doing what God's telling you to do right now, if that's not your life, he's looking, he's just like, 
I'm just looking for the right door. Amen. Are y'all with me? So you need to develop a lifestyle of recognizing what's God speaking to me. Again, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be something huge. You don't need to have a go to Macedonia yet. If you've not had the, you know, come to give everything to Christ. Some of you this morning, some of you maybe have been coming sort of like, Hey, I'm enjoying coming to church, but, uh, you know, I hadn't really committed my life all to the Lord yet. I just would say to you, that's the major thing God's telling you to do right now. You want to go forward? You want to beat the enemy out of your life? You're going to have to give your life over to the Lord completely. And I can guarantee you, if you've been listening to God and if you're inquisitive, that is a voice that's on the inside of you speaking to you. Your conscience is telling you right now. God's saying, I want you to give it all up. I want you to turn to me. I want you to give me complete devotion. And and if you will do that, if you will uh, uh, press past your fears, press past your doubts, if you would rather serve the Lord than have all this other stuff you might be holding on to that you know is not good for you, then let me tell you something. You're going to begin to experience an amazing breakthrough in your life. That's the first breakthrough. I love that verse where Paul's talking about, and I believe it's in Acts 19, where um, he's explaining his call and he says, I was sent to open the eyes of the of the blind. He's talking about people that have a spiritual darkness over their mind. And that might be you. You might not even recognize it because we don't know when we have spiritual darkness because we can't see. So you don't know. But if you're not serving the Lord and haven't given your life to him, that's evidence that there's a spiritual darkness over your mind. That's from the enemy that he's already been attacking you and he's been covering your mind. And Paul says, I have been given grace to open minds so that men would repent and turn to God. And then and then you learn what happens when they turn to God. Then it says the light of God comes to them. And that's why he says, awake, sleeper, and Christ will shine on you. So I just want to mention this right here. Because it's so important for those of you that haven't gotten this initial breakthrough of walking with God, of of you being able to know him and have a faith relationship with him. You hear the word, just like Paul said, I've been given the grace to open minds, right? So you begin to realize this is true. God is there. God is real. But then there's this struggle of your will. Am I going to do what God says or am I going to hold back? Am I going to really trust and press past me, my flesh, my desires? Because you see, to serve God for most of us, we recognize it's going to cost us something. Again, we were talking about this recently in discipleship. We realize it's going to cost us. We're going to have to lay down some things. We're going to have to live right. We're going to have to turn away from sin and things that are ungodly and turn to God and do we have to quit serving ourselves first and we have to serve God first? He becomes the master. We're no longer the master. So we get the light. We begin to know it's the right thing to do. But then we have to make the decision. So, and again, I love that story or that what Paul shares in Acts 19. He's been given grace to open their minds, but then it says, then they have to repent. They have to turn toward God. And when the decision of the will has been united with God, then the light of God will come into your life and you'll begin to see breakthroughs happen. Amen? You see how that progression works? So we pray, and I believe God to pray for people for their breakthroughs, but ultimately you are responsible from making the decision that you're going to come out of the darkness. We can pray about, oh, winning the de- over the devil, winning a- over this and that, but you have to take the initial steps. You have to choose God. You have to repent from your sins, and you have to say, God, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And I'll go beyond that. Those of you that have given your life to the Lord, you have to get to a place if you have somehow lost the salt in your life. Remember that verse? Jesus says, what can you do if the salt isn't salty anymore? 
you have to shake yourself of your habits. Shake yourselves of the pattern that you've gotten into and come back to God and renew your faith in Him and make it real again where you're obeying Him. You're, you, that relationship is so real where you just treasure every word. David's like, Lord, I treasure your commandments. Think about that. Do you treasure God's commandments? You see, when he speaks a word and he just says, do this, do that. Paul, David's like, I treasure that. Speak it to me, O God. It's a joy to walk with you. Jesus said, man, I rejoice in doing the will of God. It's like food to me. That's when the disciples are like, Jesus, uh, here you want to eat. He says, oh, I'm full. Uh, how are you full? I don't, it doesn't look like you've had anything to eat around here. And he says, I've got food you don't even know about. You don't know how full I am. See, what he had just been doing was he just led somebody back to God. And he's just going, I am so full. All I did was I'm just walking with God and doing what God wants me to do. And there is such life in that. There's such joy in that. Amen. We just need to flow with God and what he's saying. So anyway, so, so we see that's a huge part of our life. And then I want to get into, then he finally gets to Macedonia. Okay. So Paul finally gets into Macedonia in Acts 16. So he goes, we went from here to there. And, and anyway, um, so he finally gets there. And on the Sabbath day in verse 13, they went out of the city to the riverside where they pray and they sat down and spoke to the women who met there. So isn't that interesting? The women are the ones at the prayer meeting. Um, and here's Paul and they're the first ones who are open uh, to talk about things. You know, that's so interesting. It does seem like oftentimes women seem to be more approachable. But anyway, that's exactly what was happening here. And a certain woman named Lydia Hurtis. She's a seller. Now, he's telling all these women, okay? And one woman heard us, and it says, the Lord opened her heart. You see, God worked on this woman, and she and her household were baptized and begged us, saying, if you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house, and she persuaded us. Now, I love this, this illustration that's in this, this story because What's happened here is Paul's been sort of dry. He's been, he's in that city. The Bible doesn't say anything about anybody coming to the Lord. He's in another city. He's going here. He's going there. And imagine this great man of God going to all these places. And it looks like nothing's happening. And then God speaks to him. He finally gets a word, go there. So he goes there. He talks to this woman and praise the Lord, right? It looks like God's beginning to move. Now, one person in their family got saved. One person. <laughs> By the way, let me just mention this. You know, sometimes it looks like we can just see masses come to the Lord. You remember in Pentecost, Peter gets up. Thousands come to the Lord that day. And then Peter gets sent to Gentiles. A whole big group of them get saved that day. And if you notice Paul, um, most of the time with Paul, he's working, he's working, he's working, and then he gets one. But they're so solid, and from that, boom, everything begins to grow. Because God's looking for that one, and He can take one and multiply it. And I want to encourage you guys in this. Never stop looking for that one, because there are so many people, and I would say even right now, there are so many people who are ready. Uh, if you're this woman, would you not be so happy Paul didn't give up? You, you see, there are people that are going to be so happy that you didn't give up and that after you, you saw no, 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 that there's somebody who says yes. Amen. And I love this. Look, he's preaching to a whole group of people. One person gets it. The light comes on. They're like, yes. And they're ready to go forward. Let me just say, pay attention, start reaching out and notice who God's own, who God's working with, because God has already started making the fields white for harvest. 
ready for harvest. Do you remember that time he was ministering? He was talking and this, he just starts talking to a woman at the well, right? She was getting her water and he starts making a conversation with her. Hey, um, I could give you uh, living water, water that just bubbles up. You wouldn't have to draw it. Sir, if you could give me living water, da, 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 da. See, you see how smart Jesus is? And then he gets into the conversation and because um, she, she doesn't realize he's, you know, when he says, I'll give you living water, he doesn't, she doesn't think he's talking about something spiritual. She probably thinks he's saying something a little crazy. So you're going to give me a, a, an aqueduct somewhere or a, how are you going to do that? By the time the story's over, God's spoken to her personally. The light came on and she is running. Jesus reached one woman because he engaged in conversation and he had the goal in mind. I'm going to use this conversation to bring God up and to help her see who I am. Amen. You see, he was strategic about that. He wanted to bring her out of the darkness into the light, which is what God's called us to do. Didn't God say, if you come to me, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. God wants to teach you how to reach people. Don't be discouraged if many don't come. Here's this one. And look how God takes one. And from that one, he reaches many, right? That woman goes back to her city. You know why? God's changed her life. Let me just say this too. A testimony is one of the most powerful things you'll ever have. When you say God's done this in me, Look what, if you don't have God ever doing anything, and if God's not real to you, you don't have, is this, you understand what I'm saying? This woman goes back. Jesus just told her a little snippet of her life, but it was so real to her. She goes back to all her, these people that knew her, and they knew her. They knew who this woman was. Uh, because when Jesus is talking to her, um, he said, go bring your husband and let me talk to him. And she goes, oh, I'm not married. He goes, yeah, yeah, I know that's true. You're not married, but you've been married five times. And the one you are with, you're not married to. And she goes, oh, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> and yes, he, and, then, and then the door opened, right? So she goes to these people and she goes, I met a man. He told me everything I ever did. That one little thing, look how God just got to her whole life. And it opened up her whole life. It touched on that need in her life. And essentially what Jesus was saying is, you know, you've been running after men, after a relationship. But let me tell you something. What you've been missing is worship. And you look at the stories like, men, that'll never fill up that need. And that day she connected with that need. And it's like, she goes and tells the whole crowd back home. And they're going, you know who that is? Yeah, that she said this. I mean, and it's real. I could tell. I could tell when she told. How many people can go and bring a whole city to go hear a man talk? Somebody that had a life transforming testimony can do it. Look what God did in me. They see her. And they want to know. Who she's been with. Who, where'd you get that from? We want to hear him too. Man, that's the way God ought to be through us. People ought to look at your life. When you're talking about God, man, there should be so much life and enthusiasm coming out of you. You know, um, sometimes people talk about God, you go, man, that doesn't sound too exciting. I don't think I want to be around that guy, right? But if you've had the life-transforming power of God work on the inside of you, it comes out that way. If it's real in you, it comes out that way. And guess what? Everybody's going to be like, I want what's on, on the inside of you. That's life. They feel that life coming out of you. They feel that excitement and the encouragement and enthusiasm. That's God, you see. And they're tasting a little bit of it. Anyway, Paul would go from place to place. Many times he'd get one, two people, it seemed like, and then more would come. And here he is, he's gotten one person, right? And I'm just encouraging you, look for that one person, that one person. I can guarantee you, if you're out around people, there's somebody in your life 
that's ready to hear about God to go at least one step closer. Somebody's there. Amen. Now, this is where it gets really, really interesting. And we begin to see this spiritual warfare come up into the play here. So if you look at this in Acts 16, um, look in verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us and she brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Now, so here they are. Um, and well, let me read verse 17 as well. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. Now, um, I just, I just want to mention this because this is so important to me. Um, I, I feel like this is such a key to this verse, you know, and uh, to the story. And it's what's happening here. What is this woman doing? And first of all, I want to mention this woman being there is not by accident. Satan sent this woman there, right? Secondly, you have to wonder, why is the woman there? You know, what is this woman doing there? Um, I believe that it's because she has a strategic assignment against Paul. Now, look at this. Paul is getting ready to go to the next level, which I believe is where we are. Paul's getting ready to go to the next level, right? He's taking steps to that next level. And he even begins to see some fruit. And guess what happens? Immediately, this woman with a spirit of divination starts connecting with Paul. Let me just say, it's again, it's not coincidence. It's an attack. That demon in her knows exactly what Paul is about. They realize if we don't stop him, he's going to be increasing in our territory. And he is, he is going to bring uh, havoc to what we're doing here in this realm. You know, demons, if you study them in the Word of God, you recognize they have territories they're responsible for. Here he comes into the, you remember before Jesus gets into where the legion was, legion's like, hey, don't send me out of this territory. He had a territory there. And here he comes into this area. He starts to work and this woman meets him immediately. I believe she has a, um, I would just call it a very high level demonic power in her life in that region, just like legion did. And here she is, a po she's doing this crazy thing here and somehow she's trying to work against him to stop what he's doing. Now, I want to, I want to, we got some really interesting things getting ready. We're getting ready to get into here, which I'll probably uh, get into next week. But let me, let me just share this here. Whenever you are getting ready to get blessed, most of the time, when I say blessed, you know, we were singing a song today and the guy goes, I'm not here for blessings. I'm here for your presence. And I'm going, Why, how do you define blessings? You know what I'm saying? That is blessing. That doesn't even make, that song doesn't make sense. <laughs> that wording doesn't make sense to me. That is blessing. I'm not here for blessings. I just want your presence. You know, um, he used to say, I'm not here for earthly, worldly blessings. I'm here for the greatest blessings of all, right? <laughs> it's like, how, why would we define blessings differently? Anyway, but you see, when God's getting ready to bring us into His blessings, greater increase, His purpose, more of the things that God's called us to, more of what He's prepared us to, the enemy recognizes that somehow... And he wants to prevent us from entering into that. And he will do whatever he can to
to stop us. That is so true. I've seen that so many times. I'm going to share what I shared a few weeks ago just because it's pertinent here. But y'all know a few weeks ago I was in Montana. And man, I was, I was getting inspired from God. And I'm going, man, God's really speaking things to me. He's putting things in my heart. And um, I'm sensing so much blessings coming. Harvest is coming. Increase is coming. And it's not just going to be souls. I don't know what else it's going to be, but more. I don't know what that, that maybe that means more of God in church. Maybe more of the gifts of the Spirit. May, I don't know. More. God's like, I'm going to bless you with even more than you imagine. It's like the blessing that's coming is bigger. And I was getting this for days. And then Thursday night, it jumps to something else. To make the story short, it's like God's like, you need to pray for tomorrow because evil is set up against you and you need to pray. And I've never had a word like that before. Now, I did have a word one time. I was in my house. I, this is when I was a young man before I got married. I was in my house and I used to go out late at night. This is in Durham, North Carolina. I'd go out late at night into the woods and pray, you know, um, so it was about 11 o'clock at night, and I'm like, or 12 o'clock, I'm like, I'm going to go pray. And see, I didn't realize this was the Lord. I thought it was the devil. Because something comes to me, it's like, don't go out. And I feel evil also, like, and it's, but it's like inside me, don't go out. And I'm like, that's just fear. Nothing can stand in front of me. Da -da 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 -da, you know, and I, this goes back to what I was saying last week. Sometimes we can try to run in faith, but when God gives us another direction, you better listen to it, right? And I heard, kept hearing, don't go out, don't go out. And I'm going, oh, that's the devil trying to keep me from praying. So I got around to the back of the complex. And right when I got around to the back of the complex, I saw, it's like a vision in my mind. I saw a dog in my mind come run at me. And I thought, wow, what would I do? And I thought, I guess I'd jump on top of a car. Immediately, a dog came running out just like I saw. It was a Doberman Pinscher. While he's out, I don't know. He was vicious. And I'm like, I just barely had time. I jumped up on top of the car. And I got on top of the hood of the truck. And I was up there on all fours like, I can't believe this dog. You know how, a do I don't know if you've ever seen a junkyard dog. That's a Doberman pincher when he's angry and ready to eat something up. He, that's the way he was. I could hardly believe it. I ended up staying up there on top of that truck. No cars. It was a huge apartment complex. He's in level 10 of anger. I'm like, I've not done anything against you. Do you, you, you are a demon dog. That dog was filled with demons. And so while well, I'm up there on top of this roof, I'm here looking like this, and I'm thinking, man, I wish I had something. I could just stick through that dog right now. Um, if I have, uh, you know, where's my, where's my gun, so to speak? And I'm there. I remember one guy was way, he was walking way off. The dog saw him, and he took off, and I said, oh, no. And I started, like, like I was getting down and started making noise to get the dog back away, you know. And I'm like, call the police. I told the guy, you know. So the dog comes back toward me. The guy runs off. So anyway, and I remember when the guy finally drove up, like around 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock, whenever, his license plate, the, work, the words on his license plate were, why work? And I'm going, crazy. It's funny I still remember that, right? But anyway, God told me that night, don't go out. But this is a little different. The difference is, I felt God was telling me, the enemy has fashioned something specifically for you tomorrow. I don't even understand that. Honestly, I still don't understand it. But I began to pray that day, God protect us from whatever evil is going to come our way tomorrow, whatever the enemy has planned for us tomorrow. And we prayed that night that, that's exactly what we were praying. I've never prayed that like a specific day. And then that morning, I, I still had it on my mind. And honestly, I can just say I didn't pray through enough, but 
I did pray through some. That morning we were praying, and I'm going, I shouldn't be worried about that. And as, as most of you know the story, we got hit by a car. We were going 65, and we were hit directly in the back. And they, someone said that, that, looked, that uh, appraises cars said, your car looks like it was hit going 65 if your car had been still. So that would have meant the car was going like 120 or 130, hit us from the back. And I'm going, that's the most crazy thing. But without getting into all explaining that, I just want to just share this. Whenever God is getting ready to bless, listen to this. God's like, blessings coming, blessings coming, blessings coming, blessings coming. And then one night he goes, evil's coming, pray. Are y'all with me? Be ready. I'm like, oh, wow, God, this is so strange. Blessing, blessing, blessing. You better pray. Devil's going to try to come and keep you from going into what God's got for you. Y'all, do y'all see that? Whenever you're getting ready to be blessed, something will try to get you off course, to discourage you, to confuse you, to hurt you, to do whatever, to, to bring you into sin, to bring you into compromise, to pull you back to where you were before you started going with whatever can happen the enemy will try to bring you down. And do y'all remember Jesus Christ? He gets anointed with the Holy Spirit. He's not done his miracles yet. And what does the enemy do? He comes and he tempts him and he's trying everything he can to pull him down. And it says when he even left, he says he's going to come back at an opportune time when he sees an open door when he can still try to pull him down. But what's he trying to do? He's trying to stop Jesus from getting where God is going to bring him. Are y'all with me? He receives the anointing. The devil's going, oh my goodness. If he walks in this very long, it's going to be bad for us, guys. Hey, we got to do what we can do to stop this. He does everything to, that he can to stop it. It doesn't work. And I believe it's about nine months later, he begins to do his miracles. You see what I'm saying? And guess what? He destroyed the devil everywhere he went. Demons were coming out of people. People were getting healed of being sick. Every good thing was happening. And you see, let me just say, we've got to be those people that will press past that resistance because breakthrough is on the other side. And I will guarantee you this, according to the level of resistance that has come against you, that has come against your ministry, whether that's significant events or whether that's simply time, whatever it has been, delay, whatever, according to the level that you have been through is going to be the level that you end up reaping the reward. And we're going to see that next week. Man, um, so many interesting things of next, <laughs> we'll get into next week. Like, what was, the, what was the devil actually doing through that woman? Why was that effective until Paul got rid of that? You know, how does that happen with us sometimes? How does he, how does he bring things there? You, you see, what do we need to do to get that out like Paul did? And then, and then what, what happened after that? I mean, it's like the warfare, it, that wasn't the end of it. That was just the beginning but man, to see how this thing ends up and how Paul's ministry and what he, his fruitfulness was rewarded is amazing. So you don't want to miss this next week. But I want to encourage all of you, wherever you are today, I think the greatest word for you today is, um, what does God want me to do right now? All right? I've asked you this two times. I hope you've been writing it down. I wish I'd ask for a show of hands, but it might be embarrassing for me. Maybe no, maybe only one or two would raise your hand. I've been writing down what God's telling me to do. Um, if you haven't done that, just know this is already the third Sunday I've mentioned it, right? Uh, what's God telling you to do? What's he inspiring you to do? Amen? Is It could be come to church. It could be Give your life to God completely. Quit holding back. You know, you know if, if that's you, by the way, you know we generally 
try to push that voice off as far as we can. It's like me not wanting to tell that guy the dream I had. We just sort of push that voice out. Oh, I don't really have to do that. Oh, that's not really necessary that I give everything to the Lord. Oh, oh let me think about something else. But, but I just want to bring you to that point of decision because your will needs to unite with this. Maybe your mind is opened up enough where you know it's the right thing to do. Maybe you recognize your conscience is pulling you in the direction and your mind is fighting against it. Your flesh is fighting against it. Some of the, maybe you're accounting the cost. Oh, I'm going to leave. Oh, what's going to happen? Oh, what's going to happen? God going to have me do? So you've got to be willing to trust him. That's why it takes faith to follow the Lord. You've got to trust him. And you've got to be willing to say, you know what? I'll lay all this down. Whatever it costs, I'll be there. I want God, and I trust him that he's going to take care of me. Amen. So we're going to finish today, and I'm just want to, I want to just pray that prayer with any of you that are there. And I, I want you to connect with me somehow. You can, if you're on Facebook, you can send me an email or what, however you do that. What's that called on Facebook? A message or whatever. And we'll get that. Um, if, if you're on Zoom, you can contact me through the person that brought you, or you can contact them. But if you make this decision, you, you need to make it, you need to let people know about it to help you go forward. And we're going to help you. I mean, that's what I'm all about. I love helping people. And I don't care where you've been in life, what you've been through, or the crazy things you've done. Man, I've seen more craziness in my life. I've been a part of craziness myself. But I'm just saying, um, you know, do what you need to go forward. And if you're willing today, to make that decision. I wish I could sit in front of every single one of you and help you with this decision. I wish I could look you in the eyes and say, please, please, I'm begging you, step out of the darkness, step out of your futile way of living and the, the cycles you've been living in and come to God, give him everything, quit being just religious and give it all to God. Turn back to God now and watch what's going to happen. This is the first key to you breaking out of Satan's power in your life and out of the things that he's been working on in your soul, in your life. You've got to make this decision. So I'm going to pray that prayer. Father, I just pray right now for every single person listening today. Lord, I know you are seeking souls. And God, it's unusual for me to reach people over the Internet. But Lord, I just know you're using this. So Lord, I just pray right now you'd, you'd even tug on people's hearts, those that have been putting up their hands and going, oh, no, I'm not ready, or or maybe there's some other way. Lord, I, I just believe there's those today, you've been drawing them. The door's been opening, the light's been coming on, and God, you're working in their hearts just like you did in that woman where they're like, you know what, I know I need to make this decision. I need to go forward. I need to obey the Lord, and I want to give my life to God today. I want to be saved. I want to be eternally saved. I want to be cleansed of my sins. I want to be forgiven for the wrong I've done. And um, so all you have to do is express that to God. All you have to do is express that. I'm going to pray this prayer. But wherever you are, you're at home, you need to say this to God. You can say the words I say, but the, it doesn't mean anything if it, comes, if it doesn't come from your heart. So I just want these words, you just do it from your heart. So if, if you want to give your life to the Lord today, I just want you to, to pray this prayer and just say, God, I am so sorry that I've not lived for you. But today I, I realize Jesus Christ is Lord. I realize I need to get my life right with you. I need to turn from my way of living and put you as Lord over my life. So God, today, I turn from serving me, making me first, making life about me. And now I go back and say, God, now, Lord, it's about you, Lord. I give my life to you, Lord. I, I'm going to turn away from being selfish, being everything's about me, self-focus, self-promotion. What's going to be my, my future, me, 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 Lord, and God, I'm putting you first. Lord, here I am. God, what do you want out of me? Lord, I present my life before you. God, I pray you forgive me for all the crazy things I've done. My sins, God, so many of them. Uh, Lord, so many things I've done, things I even have done yesterday and this last week. God, please forgive me. 
for that, Lord. I'm so sorry. I don't want to do that anymore. I turn away by your grace. Help me to never go back there. But Lord, from this day forward, I'll do whatever I need to do to follow you. Lord, I give my life completely to you. Now, Lord, please come into my life. Fill this void inside of me. Come and be the light inside of me and shine so brightly. And God, please touch every part of my soul, my emotions, my mind, my memories, everything until that light has changed every part of my life. Lord, that's what I'm asking you for today. I need a miracle, but I believe in you now, Lord, and I know you are the miracle worker. I believe in the Lord Jesus. Lord, I'm yours. I'm yours. Protect me, Lord God, until I go be with you. In Jesus' name, amen.